Joyce Tapley, as a CEO of a multi-million dollar healthcare center, is a proven thought leader on matters of public health. We created this podcast because it's time for a real discussion about the state of healthcare in our nation. Welcome to a new episode of Healthcare Chat with Joyce Tapley. Welcome everyone to the Healthcare Chat. I am your host, Joyce Tapley, and I am excited about my special guest today. He is a person who has been around Dallas for quite some time, and he's been making a great impact on the education of many lives. I have today Dr. Joe Seabrooks. He is the president of Cedar Valley College, one of seven campuses in the Dallas College, and he is also the chairman of the board for the Best Southwest Partnership. Welcome to the show, Dr. Seabrooks. Thank you so much. That's so kind and generous. I hope you uh, are excited uh, at the end of this podcast and not, not regret <laughs> this conversation. I'm sure I won't. <laughs> I think we'll learn a lot. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's start out uh, first just by getting to know you a little bit. I think I can talk about you for maybe 10, 15 minutes, <laughs> but I really like for the audience to listen to you. Could you talk a little bit about um, your being a native from Georgia? and also getting to Dallas by way of Kansas City. So yeah. what has your journey been? How did you get here? Yes, ma'am, and I promise to give you the Cliff Notes version. So, so originally from Atlanta, Georgia, was very fortunate and blessed to be a fairly decent student athlete and uh, was the first person in my entire family. My mother, God rest her soul, um, had uh, 12 uh, brothers and sisters, and my father had uh, uh, three other siblings. And so um, first in my entire family to be able to have that opportunity, and I, I'm, I'm grateful for athletics for providing that. And uh, went to Kansas City, uh, the University of Missouri, Kansas City, home of the fighting kangaroos, by the way, and uh, uh, it opened up a whole set of possibilities. What I thought I knew about the world uh, was very limited in scope, um, being in a, uh, growing up in a, a, a uh, working middle class family, uh, where, like a lot of our families, uh, the marriages did not stay together. Uh, and so learned a lot about that, the world, and decided very early in my academic journey that I wanted to be a college president. And so wow. uh, at a, I, I was at the ripe old age of 20 when I made that declaration. And uh, as you can imagine, got a lot of snickers and laughs. Uh, and so my personality is you get to know me, so I doubled down on that and told him I would be a college president before I turned 40, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so completed my, all, all of my academic uh, uh, credentials, uh, a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's in specialist in higher education administration, and then an um, uh, interdisciplinary PhD in uh, urban leadership and policy studies and education administration, and uh, spent the first 10 years of my career at UMKC, uh, was even the inaugural uh, chief diversity officer uh, but I think I can say and not offend people. Uh, I hated that job. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was pretty young in my in my in my career, late twenties, and 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 I struggled um, engaging people who was much my uh, senior and yeah. helping them understand how they needed to be. And so I, my family and I retreated to the booming metropolis of Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, and uh, well, I got a chance to uh, serve the Razorbacks in three years, and we did some great work there. And then, and then the opportunity hit. Um, uh, a month before my 36th birthday, I got an offer to serve as the president 
of the Metropolitan Community College Blue River campus. All right. And so those who said I could not do it, I promised them I would do it before I was 40, and I did it right before my 36th birthday. So let's talk a little bit about a couple of subjects related to health care. Uh, Dr. Seabrooks, our team spend a lot of time thinking about and looking at ways to address social determinants of health, particularly for those to understand you know, what's going on with the poor and um, those who are, un- are uninsured. Um, but we want to know a little bit more about how you all are addressing the health cal- outcomes of these communities. There are two key components to the social determinants of health, economic stability and, e- and educational access. So I'd like for you to discuss uh, each of these and talk about it in terms of what's been taking place at Cedar Valley College. Yeah, that's, uh, that's um, those are the foundation no questions, not just with healthcare, but uh, with all of how we are able to navigate and exist in the world. And so the economic determination, as you phrased it, I think is, is, um, is at the core of um, not only what happens to us here in the United States, but across the world. And so, you know, we, our commitment to the folks who are economically the most um, vulnerable in, in Dallas County has been um, out of all of the declarations given by institutions across the, the city and across the, the country and the world, I, I have not seen any institution as committed as Dallas College. And I'm going to give you three quick examples. So uh, first of all, um, all of our decisions is, is data-informed. And the two most uh, vulnerable zip codes around uh, economic disparities uh, is 75210, um, and I believe it's 75216. And uh, when you look at the when you look at those zip codes on paper, uh, it's it's heart wrenching. And when you actually get in the car and go visit, uh, you see that the data matches the circumstances. And so the two things that we've done that I'm proud of is the South Dallas Training Center, which is uh, operated um, out of the Inner City uh, Development Corporation, um, um, is where we're setting up programs uh, for the folks who are the most vulnerable. So we we will be doing logistics training there. Uh, We'll be doing intro to advanced manufacturing and, of course, GED uh, and um, um, college uh, high school equivalency. Uh, because I do believe uh, about 53% of all of the adults between the ages of um, 24, 25 and, and 64 uh, do not have a high school diploma. So in our, in our mind, uh, that's ground zero. And so we're putting, and so we can't expect folks who are living in, in, in with those challenges to find their way to Cedar Valley. But they can find themselves, uh, find their way to South Dallas Training Center, which we are uh, really proud to partner. And the the second uh, investment uh, is that we've uh, um, in the seven five two one six the what used to be the Urban League uh, headquarters uh, for the city of Dallas, our Dallas chapter. Um, obviously, unfortunately, that building has. Um, uh, been vacant for quite some time, yes. and that building has a a history 
and a legacy for uplifting people. In fact, they knew that that's where they needed to be for the same reasons we are there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had our open house last week and um, really excited uh, that we'll be able to offer incredible programs there, uh, uh, construction trades uh, primarily, along with industrial maintenance, uh, along with um, the second half of the advanced manufacturing programs. And so these are all connected to high wage, career pathway, upwardly mobile uh, career paths uh, that are background friendly. That's wonderful. Right now we're going to take a short break, but we'll return after a word from our sponsors. You're listening to Healthcare Chat with Joyce Tapley. Stay with us. Dallas County, at 2.3 million residents, is the second most populous county in Texas. And like many large counties, it has its share of healthcare disparities and poor outcomes. What we know about healthcare is that you can't improve outcomes for people unless you know their healthcare journey. Our show, Hashtag Dallas County Health Stories, talks openly to real people about their personal journeys. The series, created and produced by Lindell Singleton, is available on YouTube. Here is an excerpt from one of the stories. I had a hysterectomy in 2019, December 2019. And when I had the surgery did, January the 1st, I ended up going back to the hospital because I had blood clots. I couldn't stop coughing and choking. I had blood clots running up and down in my body. And um, I went to so many doctors to try to figure out what was going on for two years. I came here, um, I'm gonna say March. I got here in March and uh, I seen Dr. Marshall and I explained to her everything that was going on and she, pin she pinpointed everything that I was going through. She found out what was going on, what was causing, the, causing me to have that and everything and I, I call her my angel. When I come see her now, she's my angel. Visit Dallas County Health Stories on YouTube to watch an episode. and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie. At Foremost, we are changing healthcare outcomes for all of North Texas. Patients first, health and wellness foremost. Look for us at foremostfhc.org, on Facebook, or hashtag HealthyDallasForemost. And we are back. You're listening to Healthcare Chat with Joyce Tapley. Now, back to the podcast. One of the things that you left out, but I'm going to go ahead and just say it and let everybody know that you 
your name is, is uh, with University of Mich- Missouri, Kansas City, and you, there's an actual leadership award in your honor, which I think is great because most of the time people pass away and then they get all of the accolades afterwards. So it's nice. You must have done, made some major changes and, and impacted a lot of lives for them to want to do that while you were still here. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I will tell you that was a very special time in my life. Um, so uh, I was, back then we called it Minority Student Affairs, and so uh, I was the director of Minority Student Affairs. And um, when, I, when I graduated, my first job at the university was actually in advancement and fundraising, which was a great training uh, ground. In fact, it's the foundation for, for all that I do. And to this day, uh, I treat even the most vulnerable uh, student who's struggling like our most valuable donor. And, uh, and so during that time, you know, uh, we had a clean sweep. Our entire, I probably um, had to, I had the privilege of advising probably about six or seven student organizations. And, all, and, and annually there would be an award ceremony. And uh, um, it seems like an organization that I was a part of touching it had been recognized at that ceremony. And, and in fact, I think I was also recognized as advisor of the year. Uh, that year, but when I made the choice to go down to the University of Arkansas, it was with a lot of consternation uh, and concern and heartache from students, so they say. Uh, and uh, my parting gift was the, the, the annually at the African American Student Union's Freedom Breakfast, which is the signature uh, MLK celebration breakfast. They recognize uh, a caring, committed, uh, faculty or staff member mm-hmm. as the um, Dr. Joseph Seabrook's Leadership uh, Award. So I'm proud of that. That's probably the greatest uh, professional gift I've, I've ever received. Yeah, I'm proud to hear that you have received it because it sounds like you were very well deserving. Oh, that's yes. kind. Thank mm-hmm. you. You know, my father taught us, as four of us in our family, he taught us that going out and getting a job means you're going out to be just over broke. So we too had to learn how to analyze and, and contemplate and, and compare and plan, all those different uh, aspects that you don't always learn on a job. That's right. You learn it in the streets, you learn it from experience or from others' experiences. That's right. So a lot of times we just think that if we go through it, we'll figure it out. You don't have to when you see five, six, seven people around you that's already gone through it. You can learn from their experience and not have to go through the same thing. That's right. But one of the things, too, that we find out is that for us that have made it or have gotten to the place where they can share information with others, especially the young folks, it doesn't always happen. So if we could also share our experiences with the younger people, and, and tell them how easy it was or how difficult it was. That's right. And as long as they can see that you still end up making it to whatever that, that, that uh, definition is, then you've, you've given somebody another chance of looking at things a different way. But I'm glad that you talked about that because um, we don't always learn how to be critical thinkers just by going to a classroom. No, no, in fact. A lot of things are, ap- you apply it in real life, real that's life right. situations. That's right, and, and we are missing some opportunities I mean, we should be teaching young people how to analyze uh, information. So this whole fake news phenomenon that, that people are selective about what they believe and mm-hmm. choose to believe, and, and, and how, do you, well, how do you discern if something is really true? And so we learn, you know, I, I learned in my graduate work, well, first of all, you better have at minimum, minimally three sources of information, three different sources. And then they have to break down to know where those sources come from. 
Because now we live in a society, three different sources can be owned by the same individual yes. or, or entity. And so, and that's what's really happened to us. I mean, I, I go back to the, I believe it's the Communication Act of 1996. Uh, prior to that, uh, it, uh, uh, media companies could not have a monopoly. That's right. They sure couldn't. And, uh, and, and now, you know what, three companies own 85 to 90% of all of our media, That's right. mm-hmm. print, television, radio. And so, of course, it's easy to have three sources of the same story come from the same lens because right. there's no, uh, I mean, because they're coming from the same uh, uh, area. So, so, that's, uh, so there's some legislative things that have set us up for the condition that we're in. Yes. And hopefully this younger generation may be able to change that. They seem to be in a direction that they know what's right, what's wrong, what's questionable, but they don't quite know how to get to changing it, making that change. Yeah, but they need some of us old dogs to yes. help them understand the systems that, is true. that they have to navigate. Really because true. you know, protesting will, will do only so much. You have to be able to have a, a follow-up plan. Yeah, an action policy. An action plan. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. So let's start uh, with something that you had talked about a little bit earlier in our segment. You said that the youth need to be able to read the environment and analyze and anticipate. Could you explain that a little bit more in detail? Yeah, so if, if we are preparing people for the future, uh, again, we can't just segment um, a breakout elements of their future that we're preparing them for. I mean, we, we, we have to help them understand that they are a part of this um, living organism that's our planet. And uh, every action, uh, every experience, um, every thought, every um, articulated voice of value uh, has an impact in that economic or that, that ecosystem that's our planet. And so the, I think the organisms that are the most successful in our, in our planet are the ones who kind of understand where the threats are, uh, where the resources are, and they are very, they are the most efficient with um, avoiding those threats and gravitating towards those resources. And um, the species uh, that are on our planet uh, who seem to thrive are the ones who are able to, to teach uh, how to avoid the threats and to navigate towards the resources as efficiently as possible, the ones who team, team, seem to thrive the most. And so, um, you know, it's funny I'm saying this because I'm not a science uh, a teacher at all, um, and, uh, but that's how I see it. And so as we prepare young people for regardless of the circumstance, uh, to be able to know uh, and, and discern um, how to best navigate every situation. And, um, and that's something that's lacking because we're a, such a distracted society. And, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of, I hate to say this, but I, I'm okay with that because I'm able to take advantage of it. You all stay distracted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to avoid the threats and I'm going to find the resources. Uh, for the, the the students, faculty, and staff for the Cedar Valley College at Cedar Valley Campus at Dallas College. 
Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You know, you, you seem to really have experienced enough in life that you have enough stories to tell that can, you can share with others and, and they can learn something. You, you, do you see that? Yeah, I have a few stories, but I, I think this is a family-friendly show, and so I've got to be selective about the stories I share. Uh, but yeah, I've 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 I've, I've learned a lot, and um, you know, in our traditions, uh, you know, African traditions, there's a griot, and, right. and 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 um, and for us, griots look different. Uh, I think the best griots that we have that command the most attention are comedians. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch the attention that Dave Dave Chappelle is getting right now. And he's a classic griot. And he yes. tells these stories in a way that uh, is entertaining for some, offensive to others, but yet he's saying some truths and sharing yes. experiences that, have, that are under the radar. Yes. And so uh, I don't consider myself a Dave Chappelle or a griot, but I, but I do understand the power of the story and the power of the why behind the story. And, um, but we don't make time for that. Because, you know, uh, good story, good, good cinema, uh, good content, you know, there's a, you know, you just can't, there's a, there's a time and a way and a place to, re, to, to reveal elements of the, of the, of the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's hard to do in two minutes or less. Right? That is true, yes. So, uh, yeah. I'm trying to master that probably will ne- master is probably the wrong word trying to get better at that uh to be able to meet people where they are mm-hmm. but that's the challenge yes thank you for that there is an organization called skills usa mm-hmm. and skills usa is a national organization where it's basically the olympics of career and technical education so and each um, state has its own kind of skills usa operation in the state of Texas, we have, a, we have two phenomenal uh, divisions. We have a K-12 division, well, middle, well, middle school, mm-hmm. um, uh, secondary uh, division, and then we have a post-secondary division, which I want to change the name and just call it adult because, uh, because post-secondary doesn't really resonate with the average person unless you're in the education arena. Mm-hmm. And college doesn't necessarily fit because when you think of a college student, you think of, you know, uh, at least for me, uh, school days or Animal House, right? <laughs> Not ready for those kids. But, but, but when you think about the community colleges, I mean, I mean we, we graduated students in their 70s and 80s. That's true. Who, that who true. are committed to education, the acquisition of proving that they know what they know. And so, uh, so to, to speed this up just a little bit, uh, there's 105 uh, competitions that, that Texans compete in, uh, ranging from everything from media production to, to automotive mm-hmm. to welding to nursing. Uh, and uh, I want to really make uh, a huge case uh, for all of our community college and especially the DFW to get actively involved in developing chapters and getting students involved in the competition. So it's great that you got the certificate and you got the skills, but let's prove that first of all, our students are the best in Texas. And then let's go on and prove that we're the best in the country. Mm-hmm. And then that, so the, the, our state competition is April 7th through the 9th, 2022. 
uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, at the Omni Houston. Uh, but don't tell them. But it's my design. It's my, it's my conspiracy, to <laughs> get that convention here in Dallas. Okay, I won't say anything. Don't tell no, them that we're coming for them in Houston, but we are. Uh, Pre-pandemic, uh, 650 uh, students co- competed in 105 events. Wow. Uh, several of them were from Dallas College. A couple of them. Uh, went uh, to the national competition and took gold. And so, and that's without any real effort. Hmm. So when we put some effort behind this, um, uh, uh, and what it does for companies, it's that, you know, let me just tell you this. Um, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson are the are the vaccines for the coronavirus. But we also have another virus that's just as deadly, and that's the workforce virus. Mm -hmm. And SkillsUSA is the vaccine for the workforce virus. All right. So let's get vaccinated and get into SkillsUSA, (laughs) and let's transform uh, who's available to take advantage of the, 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 the workforce needs in our community. That is fantastic. I love it. Yes, I love it. We are uh, um, very happy that you joined me on this show, and I definitely plan to welcome you back sometime in the future. Uh, thank well, you very much, Dr. Well, you are you are kind. I am honored to have spent this time with you. I recognize that you have to throw me out at this point, <laughs> but I want you to know <laughs> I have been thrown out of way nicer places than this. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being on the Healthcare Chat. Our show, Hashtag Dallas County Health Stories, talks openly to real people about their personal journeys. The series, created and produced by Lindell Singleton, is available on YouTube. Visit Dallas County Health Stories on YouTube to watch an episode. And that concludes another installment of Healthcare Chat. For all upcoming and previous episodes, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit the subscribe button and you will always be notified when a new podcast is published. Until next time, thank you again for listening to Healthcare Chat with Joyce Tapley.